This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. TNT. And I will not fight. TNT. I'm a power load. TNT. Watch me explode. Good evening. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Coming to you from San Diego, AM 1170, The Answer, KCBQ Studios. I wasn't sure I was going to have any energy today because I'm coming off a really fun yet kind of tiring weekend. I had sister in town. She rolled in. We call her the general, by the way. There's actually lots of nicknames for my sister. Um, She was always large and in charge. I mean, even though she's only like 5'7 and drop dead gorgeous. But uh, she earned the nickname The General because she is always the leader. And I love a leader, believe it or not. Um, This weekend, I led her. I led her around and we did some fun stuff in San Diego that uh, things that she, you know, didn't always have the chance to do coming to visit. So we had we had actually a rare weekend to where it was kind of just the two of us, you know, having a chance to hang out and having some sister time. Um, I could take the whole hour really telling you sister, sister woo woo stories. There's nicknames for us as, as the sister team, by the way, we've got nicknames for her and I got my nicknames. Most of all y'all know my nicknames. Um, but there's a couple of nicknames for me and sister when we get together. One is called the wind up dolls. (laughs) Anybody who's ever been at a wedding with the two of us (laughs) knows what the wind up dolls is. Um, and then we're also called the sisters woo woo. Uh, given a time on a cruise ship in which we were actually kicked off the karaoke stage. <laughs> anyway, I had a great time with Sister Woo Woo this weekend in San Diego. I was war slap out by the time she headed back up the road. So anyway, love you, sister. Love you so much. Thanks for coming to spend the weekend. And thank you all. I love all of you who share this time with me every week. Literally, you're my family as well. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. All of my amazing friends and family that I've developed over the years on Facebook, including a gentleman who's sitting and sharing this hour with me in the studio, none other than Dijon. Hey. You sound like you're coming off a tiring weekend, too. I moved all weekend. You did? Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, lifted a bunch of stuff. I also injured my shoulder the day before playing uh, disc golf because I'm super cool. Uh, what's disc? What? Frisbee golf. Uh, Frisbee golf. Yeah, you know, the it's got the big old chain set up in no. fields and you no. toss discs into the no. hole. No, actually, I don't. I'm, it doesn't sound fun. Sorry, I, I'm not a frisbee girl, and I'm not really a golf girl. So it's hey, interesting. You've the lost. You've, of it. you've got two two sports I don't like co- combined together. <laughs> no. So anyway, no. See, speaking of family, a great way to lose friends and family is to ask them to help you move. That's a great way to lose friends and family. 
<laughs> over the years, I had to move a lot over the years as, as a single gal. And, you know, it got to where I just hired my own moving company. You know, I would hire movers to come and move me because, and then my thing was, I don't ask anybody to help me move. Don't ask me to help you move. Okay. I'll chip in for the, I'll chip in for you to hire a moving company. Okay. So anyway, got to get on to it. I'll do it. Uh, you will? Pay me well enough. All right. Um, so at the end of this busy weekend, I put it out there to all of you out there. I was like, so what's, I've been out of pocket for a couple of days. What's been going on? You know, and, and everybody's responses was same old, same old going on, nothing new. Actually, there is a couple of new symptoms, if you will, going on out there. Last week, I was talking about a blog post I did, can this political marriage be saved in terms of the spouses uh, fighting and the spouses here being the Cruz and Trump supporters and how, you know, like so many marriages, it's, it's you know, little differences that, or even some major differences that you once thought were livable, if not cute, suddenly, you know, are deal breakers. And you are, and then the relationships divulge into, or um, deteriorates into Devolve. fighting, yeah, devolves, De- deteriorates into fighting over every little thing. And to me, my analysis of the situation was the underlying real issue for many people is that they don't think that Trump is conservative enough. And many people, Trump supporters, don't think that Cruz is anti-establishment enough. They think he's too much of an insider. That, to me, is really what the underlying issue is. And, and so many of the policy issues, because they're very, if you, you know, if you didn't know who was talking and you had the TV off, you might actually think on many of the policy positions that they were very much the same. Um, and so it's just really gotten really nasty and ugly. And that seems to still be the case. So the latest symptoms of the of of the issue going on is seems to involve women. And um you know particularly two things involving Trump and women. One was the wifegate situation, which y'all know I didn't want to talk about for days because I thought it was so trivial and so trite and so absolutely ridiculous that both camps were fighting over nonsense like that, as well as now uh, the comments that came about for abortion last week. And, you know, I got to thinking as I, as I started, woke up this morning, actually, I saw all this hand-wringing going on. Can Trump win the women vote? And the question, actually, it started last night, back when I started getting dialed back into what was going on, and this morning it continued it was conservatives asking that question speaking of having the sound turned off at first when I heard that going on I thought maybe it was liberals asking that question because isn't it the liberals that play the identity politics game they want to divide us up into little convenient groups so that they can tell us we're victims and of course the you know we're always the the the, the different identity groups are victim are being victimized according to the left by the legendary boogeyman that is known as the Republican Party or some Republican and then the Democrats can come in and and act as though they're the hero to save these poor hapless little victims and the women have been used by the Democrat Party for decades just like the African American community has been used by them to push agenda and I realize that it's conservatives asking this question about the women vote. And it really bothered me. It bothered me as much as the the women that are supposedly saying that they can't vote for Trump because of a tweet that he sent out. And I'm thinking we're $20 trillion in debt. We've got, a, a, we've got FBI can't even keep track of the already known radical terrorists that are in this nation plotting probably right now as we speak the next terrorist attack. And you're basing your vote on what, what a picture of a woman that you don't like? I wouldn't have put that tweet out there, but come on. That's how we're going to base our vote. And it got me thinking about a speech I was asked to give recently at a Republican woman's event, and it had to do on women's issues. 
And I had to really put some thought into that because I've never voted on the basis of being a woman. I'm like that scene in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner where he says to his dad, he says, the difference between you and me, dad, is that you think of yourself as a black man and I think of myself as a man. For me as a woman, I don't think of myself when I'm thinking of voting as a woman. I think of myself as an American. I don't even understand what a women's issue is. So the answer to that question is, how does Trump win the women vote? Well, the same way. Cruz would win a women's vote or the same way Kasich or anybody else running for office because to me it's the same thing I, I did this whole speech and I'm gonna and I never put it into a blog post but I'm going to because never for a moment did I ever believe nor should we have thought that we were going to go into this general election without having the phony trumped up war on women being played on us again and it reared its ugly head thanks to Megan. Kelly and her Fox News crap, but of course, the anti-Trump people only wanted to zero in on it being her attacking Trump so that then they could marginalize, make it all be about a a bad move on Trump's part when what it was really going on was her representing the left in order to try to characterize the entire Republican Party as anti-woman. We got Hillary, who will likely be the nominee. And if she's not, this phony war on women is going to be shoved on us again because the Republican Party, because of bad strategy and because they never really, the the establishment party, which is what so much of this this year is about, the establishment party doesn't really believe in conservatism. So that's one reason why they couldn't push back and overcome it. There, I've never voted as a woman, ever. Just like they say that, you know, if you're not a liberal when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. As I've never been a liberal and I've never once voted on any, quote, women's issue or what I've been told I should vote on. And the same applies to me here. The What do I vote on? I vote on the same things that every American should be voting on. The, the laws of economics, the basis of economics do not cease to exist in my pocketbook because I carry a purse and a man might use a money clip. It's the same. The number one issue we face as Americans is immigration. How is that somehow different for me as a woman than it is for a man? As far as I know, given the 14 people that were murdered in San Bernardino, I'm not, I don't even know what the makeup was in terms of percentage, how many women versus men died. Same thing on, on 9-11. Best, my best guess is probably equal amounts. It's an American issue. Every issue we face is that. And the Republican Party needs to stop feeding the left and their narrative against us. That's not a win for anybody. In fact, the more that this continues to where the left plays the game, where the conservatives play the same tactics that the liberals play against us, is going to hurt us all. And the, the theory is, I guess... Some people would say the theory is is they've got to take down Trump, get into the convention, and then somehow they're going to be able to get past all this negativity and the way that they've destroyed our brand. This is destroying the Republican brand. I even got an email from the Cruz campaign asking for money, and he started the email with talking about how he was the guy to take out Trump. Well, I... That's your number one priority as a candidate. That's your number one sales pitch to me is taking out Trump. Your number one sales pitch to me should be how you're going to deal with the economic issues that I just talked about. The, the 20, almost $20 trillion in debt that we have, the rampant unemployment, the destruction of, of our manufacturing and our, and our free market system through regulations, the immigration crisis that we face, radical Islam. All those issues. That's how, that's how you get me to open up my pocketbook. 
not attacking and, and saying that your number one priority is to take out a fellow Republican. Which, by the way, that tells me that's kind of an establishment move because there are many people in the establishment that, quite frankly, literally would prefer, and even said so, would prefer Hillary to win because it's a really about massing power. And she is assured to win. That is not helping what's going on, particularly now, playing the same game of identity politics. It's using women. Playing that game in order to take out a candidate is pandering to women. It's playing the same game liberals do. It's pandering to women. It's it's feeding the narrative of the left, which will ensure a Hillary victory in the end. I'm going to take a break. My next guest, I've chatted with her many times when I filled in for On America Trends TV, Megan Barth, Reagan baby. I've chatted with her before, but she's never actually been on the Andrea K Show. And so I'm pleased to have her on with me. So stay tuned because when we come back... Reagan Baby will be here, and she wrote a scandalous article about the establishment and their war on women. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. You call it dogs, baby. Dijon. Hey, welcome back to the Andrew. What's that? Hey. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Andrew K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I tell you who I'm glad to have on the show next. She and I have had quite a few laughs whenever I filled in on America Trends TV. So you know who I'm talking about. Megan Barth, Reagan Baby's here, and she wrote an article recently that was about. The Republican Party. I'm going to let her tell you all about it. And we're going to pick up this conversation because before the break, I was talking about uh, the conservatives playing the same old identity politics game. You know, I could turn the t- turn the, the TV off and just leave the sound on. And it's like I'm listening to, you know, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz talking about uh, the, the women vote and what's going on right now. So joining me right now is Reagan Baby herself, Megan Barth. Hey, Megan, welcome to the Andrea K Show. 
Hey, Andrea, thanks for having me on your show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, um, I... I wrote a, a, my own little blog piece. I'm not quite the blogger you are. But last week I wrote a piece called Can This Political Marriage Be Saved? Because the infighting going on between the Cruz and Trump supporters has just gotten so nasty. And what's the end result is, not end result necessarily, but kind of what's going on is, and I think you touched on this in your piece, is that these all these constitutional conservatives are really making Saul Alinsky proud with the tactics that they're using. And this latest, and I think it to me... It's like a Jerry Springer episode and, you know, Trump didn't pass the paternity test for them in terms of being conservative enough. And so like all spouses who are who are approaching the courthouse steps, they're fighting over every little thing that they can. And it's just getting nastier, nastier and nastier. Now it's about playing liberal tactics to do it. Now I think they're using the women and the women's vote, just like the liberals are using women to push their agenda. That's my assertion. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I was in the camp uh, before this Michelle Fields brouhaha came to light, and I really watched uh, in disgust, quite frankly, uh, uh, many women in the conservative media side with Michelle Fields. And the reason I was so disgusted by it was because, number one, uh, those that consider themselves journalists uh, have completely sacrificed their objectivity um, on the altar of their ideology. And that's not what a journalist does. Mm-hmm. A journalist is simply there to basically uh, give us the facts and nothing but the facts, ma'am. Right. But now we have these th- this obscure media journalism that all of a sudden is either conservative or it's liberal. Well, that's not how journalism was designed. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be a mouthpiece for a campaign, by all means, go right ahead, but don't call yourself a journalist. I don't consider myself a journalist. I consider myself a writer and a pundit and a political analyst. Uh, uh, analyst. Right. So Same here. I, I, right. So I approach everything. If I have the microphone, I want to make sure that I can back up everything that I say with facts. And the facts surrounding the Michelle Fields case show that she's nothing but a liar and an opportunist. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure there's a lot in the conservative media that are going, oh, my God, how can she say that? You know, she's a woman. Well, you look at the facts and the facts are is that before Corey Lewandowski could defend himself, she wrote a piece on Breitbart basically outlining an assault that never took place. Right. And she wanted to charge him with assault, but the facts could not support the words her statements, because once we saw the video from 18 different camera angles, and I watched it more than the Sabruder film, quite frankly, (laughs) he did not forcefully try to throw her to the ground. He did not aggressively try to yank her to the ground. She did not lose her balance. She just kept going. Her expression never changed. And then you have all of these conservative women, uh, quote unquote, journalists, who ironically work for the same media enterprise Mm -hmm. that are lining up against, number one, due process, because they want Trump to fire Corey Lewandowski before he is heard in the court. They want to try him in the court of public opinion rather than him see the day in court. Due process. Right. So we have some of the, excuse me for interrupting. So here we have the same group of people that um, 
in, including the NRO people, who decided to tell us what conservatism was, decided to come out instead of saying who they were for, which would have been the honest thing to do, presented themselves as journalists and did a piece trying to tell us who was not a conservative. And they're still pre- trying to present themselves as journalists. And by going on and providing journalist analysis instead of opinion, even though we know that basically they're opinion. So it's these same people that, that months ago wrote an anti-Trump piece and that basically decided to do the same mob tactic that was done in the Trayvon Martin case. See, I don't see any difference exactly. between the uh, a, a mob demanding uh, an, an indictment in the Trayvon Martin case and a mob in da- it, it, demanding that Lewandowski be fired. It's tyranny through a mob rule. And these are supposed to be conservatives that are supposed to, probably the same ones that have been complaining about a left-leaning media, the same ones complaining about how we're supposed to be a nation and a rule of laws. And, you know, the same people who probably complained about the mob rule by the left when they demanded that in the Trayvon Martin case. The hypocrisy here is astounding to me. And now these are the same people that are asserting that Trump is basically has this culture of a war on women using the same words that the left uses against us. And the end result is to brand our entire party that way. And as a woman, I don't like being used by anybody. I don't want to be used by Debbie Wasserman Schultz to push her agenda. And I don't want to be used by Katie Pavlik or Dana Lash or any of the rest of them who are pandering to me and insulting my intelligence, Megan, as though I don't have a brain in my head and I need them to save me from Donald Trump. Well, that's exactly right. I wouldn't be a Republican or a conservative woman if I wanted to be told how to think, what to do and how to vote. I would be a Democrat. I'd be part of the collectivist group think. The reason I am a Republican, the reason I am a conservative is because I, I have an individual spirit, you know, and I, I, yeah. And I like to think independently. Mm -hmm. So I was, you know, I recently, I was on HLN uh, last week, uh, CNN, and I was on to defend Donald Trump and I had not done so publicly. I had always said, I'm for the nominee. You know, whoever the nominee is, because my whole goal is to beat the left. The reason I got off the couch and became an activist in 2008 was because I saw socialism, uh, you know, encroaching upon uh, our fundamental rights, our, our democratic republic. And I knew it was going to come through Obamacare. So I got off the couch and got active. So for these women to tell me that I don't pass a conservative litmus test because Alicia uh, Krauss, who also is part of the the female cabal against Trump. She says on HLN, well, I am a homeschooled evangelical girl from Oklahoma. Well, good for you. Okay, I went to public school and private school in Chicago, and oh, by the way, what does that have to do with it? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Congratulations that you're evangelical. Congratulations you're homeschooled. What's Mm -hmm. your point? Right. It's so elitist. It's so left Alinskyite. And this aren't these the same people that said, you know, the establishment that said after 2012 that we had to have an open tent. We had to have a big tent. And now it's all about, you're right, it's all about this litmus test about being conservatives. And it's all about, ultimately, it's about power. And these media people don't like they want their power because they are a part of the establishment because they're on, they're on the dole 
of the establishment as much as the establishment insiders that are office holders, are the consultants. In fact, some of these people are probably being paid as, as party consultants behind the scenes. So, you know, their whole gig is kind of up as well. And but and but even if even if let's say that it's not even about maintaining their powers in media establishment, let's say it's just honest, genuine, they don't like Trump. I don't I, I actually haven't endorsed anybody because I as I've said before, I after the way I've been betrayed, Megan, by the party I don't trust anybody. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not putting my my faith in anybody for a variety of reasons. It's too easy to look me in the eye and tell me and promise the world and then deliver New Jersey. Number one, I also understand that given the one party system we have, there's only so much that one person can do. We're so far down down the road. So you know, it's just I I don't I don't trust anybody. But if even if you've got a legitimate as Katie Pav or any of them have a legitimate issue with Trump, that's fine. Don't but stop trying to tell me how I should vote and how I should think. Stop trying to bully me. They are bullying women in particular and bullying everybody uh, in the same way that the left wants to bully, right? Well, exactly right. And I've always said from the beginning, especially when I saw the quote-unquote conservative media come out against Trump, I've never seen such an amount of media. I expected it from the left. I did not expect it from the right. And I have news to Katie Pavlik, although I do like her stance on many things. But forgive me, but she's, what, 25 years old? I've stewed in conservative thought much longer than she has, and perhaps maybe even Donald Trump has. And so this whole argument that Donald Trump isn't a conservative because he gave money to the Democrats, well, you know, newsflash, most businessmen that need to get things done in a town or a municipality or what have you will because that's how things get done. I have a bigger problem from Republicans who claim to be conservative voting for the likes of Omnibus. Or right. the TPP. They, these, these Republicans gave Democrats $1.1 trillion of our money. Not right. their money, our money. Yeah, I have a bigger problem with Paul Ryan. People. Yeah, not just, uh, yeah, the omnibus, which included, th- for people who don't know, the, they basically, after the, were, in 2010, they, they said to us, look, give us the house. Give us the house and we'll be able to stop Obama. So the Tea Party gave him the house. And they said, oh, you know, yeah, thanks for that. But really, we really need to win the presidency in 2012. And then they shoved Romney on us. And we all know what happened there. And then it was like, okay, well, that didn't work. Really, what we need is you to give us the Senate. So we gave him the Senate in 2014. So they had both houses of Congress. And what did they do? They turned right around and funded literally everything Obama wanted. Everything that he wanted through 2015. That's right. They funded the progressive agenda. Including, including billions of dollars to bring refugees here from from the worst of the terrorist com- uh, countries, and that was and, and and oh by the way in 2014 and this is going to lose me a lot of points with the crew supporters. I've watched you talk about watching more video more than the Sapruder film. I've watched many many videos of Ted Cruz who. Com- absolutely supported and argued for bringing all the Syrian refugees here, every one of them in 2014. So if we're going to talk about who supported liberal positions in the past or gave money to liberal positions in the past, fine. I think everybody should should be subject to a proctology exam before we give them the presidency. Everything should be subject to scrutiny. But don't tell me one guy's flip-flopped or one guy supported liberal positions in the past, but then ignore the fact that the greatest issue of, of our time, uh, the open borders and radical Islam, when 
Cruz supported bringing the refugees here. That's one reason why I have a little trouble trusting him. Okay, so, you know, what's there's nobody, if we were to hold this, that like you and I have been talking about here, this strict litmus test for conservatives, to me, everybody fails. Well, that's exactly right. The only precedent we have is what we have to go on, and that's someone's voting record and someone's you know, past on which he spoke. And this is the reason for Trump's rise. It was the betrayal of the Republican Party to the voters, like you said, in 2010 and 2012 and now in 2014. And people will vote ultimately, Andrea, for who they trust. Men and women alike, they will vote for a leader who they can trust. You look at any sort of poll that's ever taken, any demographic, that's what it comes down to. So this is what I've said before. People trust Donald Trump. Why? One, he's not a politician. People don't trust politicians, especially when Congress is polling at 11%. Number two, he's a developer, a builder. People want a wall built. They're going to trust a builder to build a wall, a big, beautiful wall with a big, beautiful door. Number three, (laughs) people trust that a capitalist knows how to, one, run something, and two, make a profit, sees the difference between profit and loss, and oh, by the way, will create an environment to create jobs. Right. Now, I what, and, and I have to say, on the flip side, one of the things that I do like in terms of Ted Cruz is I do think that he's not an outsider. He is an insider. And the value to that is the fact that he does know how to, he, he knows how a bill works and how a bill gets passed through Congress. I think that his experience there could be a value to Donald Trump had he become Absolutely. president. And I also think that if we want to talk about likability in terms of, because that seems to be getting back to the whole women issue. This, the big thing about Trump is, oh, how, oh his, his unfavorables are so high and his unfavorables with women. And I'm thinking, I know so many people who are in states that have already had primary that specifically voted for Donald Trump because they do not think that Ted Cruz can win in a general because his personality is so unlikable. There's a reason why nobody likes him right now in D.C. And it's not because he's an outsider. It's because they just don't like him. And that makes people not trust whether or not he has the leadership ability. If you can't lead when you're in Congress, how, because you moved to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, are you suddenly going to have the leadership abilities to create a followership? So, you know, there's likability issues for both candidates, is there not? Absolutely. And when I look at these polls, you know, some polls are better than others. But look, I can walk outside my door and take a poll and find that 70% of the people don't like Trump or 70% of the people do. It just kind of depends on where I walk. Right, exactly. So, in fact, the real clear poli- the, the averages right now for real clear politics before we go into Minnesota, nationally, Trump is still at 40%, Cruz at 32%, Kasich at 20 Good Lord, get out of here, Kasich. Delegates, uh, Trump has 736, Cruz 463, Kasich 143. We don't have time to get into it in terms of, and Wisconsin, Cruz is up by seven points over Trump. I think it's pretty clear to think that. It's a big that, drop. Yeah, um, but I'm, st- yeah, big drop for Cruz. Yeah. He was he was in double digit leads. Yeah, well, that would that's interesting then, because you would think after the week coming off of Trump, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, I look at this and I say the argument against Trump has been he's maxed out at 40 percent, 60 percent of Republicans don't want him, don't want Trump. But then I look at Cruz at 30 percent and I say, well, that tells me that 70 percent don't want Cruz. Right. Math is math. So I don't I don't really know. We don't have time to get into it. But um, 
there's also a big debate going on right now over the fact that the delegates, you know, Cruz is out there courting courting delegates. I think if that is the process, I think that, um, you know, some people are saying Cruz is stealing the delegates and he's snatching them. I say that if these are delegates that are open and subject to be grabbed and be courted and be snatched and be wooed, then Trump needs to get a better ground game. Well, absolutely. And that's one of uh, his Achilles heels, as far as I understand being competitive, is that he doesn't have the ground game like Cruz. However, you know, I've been to many a Trump rally to cover it, even for Dr. Gina. The women outnumber the men at these rallies two to one. So I have a real hard time thinking that women are appalled or repelled by his rhetoric or believe him to be a sexist, because I simply do not see that. Many women that I know are voting for him because they don't like politics and they don't like politicians. Right. Right. Some of these are first time voters. Some of these are Democrat voters. Some of these are, you know, what I would call GOP Republican women voters, conservative voters. So say what you will about him. It's not sticking yet. The right will continue to attack. And this is why I say he has the right enemies because those who are feared most will win. That it should tell you who is mm-hmm. feared the most mm-hmm. by the right and the left, and it's Trump. Why do they fear him so much? That's a good question. That's we the got question to, I right. always ask. Well, we got to leave it there. Everybody, check out Megan. Go to reaganbaby.com and check her out. And she's also all over the all, all over media these days too. Thanks for being with us, Megan. I appreciate it so hey, much. Andrea, anytime. Thanks all right. so much. Have a great day. Okay, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We got some other topics to get into tonight. We got to talk about a little radical Islam with Herb London, as well as I've actually got some political jokes I want to share with you guys. We got to keep, we got to lighten it up a little bit because we like to have fun here on the Andrea K Show too. Hey, don't change that dial. More of the Andrea K Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I don't recognize that bumper music. What is that? What is that? Some Metallica. <laughs> yeah, busted. Headbanging heavy metal ain't really my thing, baby. All right. Hey, you know what my thing is? Is spending the hour with all you out here and follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. Go to my website, andreakshow.com. I love chatting up all the hot topics of the day. One that's been of particular concern to me for many years now. And those of you who've been listening to the show for years know that uh, national defense, national security, the threat of radical Islam is is that and the $20 trillion in debt that we have are really the two biggest issues of the day for me. And so I'm pleased to have a first-time guest on the Andrea K. Show. That's the second. This is the second first-time guest on the Andrea K. Show today. Megan Barth was just up with me from ReaganBaby.com. Go check out her website and and uh, start following her. She's brilliant and super funny and just amazing gal. And this next guest is Herb London. 
uh, from the London Center, which and what they do at the London Center is they research key policy issues that are near and dear to me. What everything I always talk about, right? It's national security, energy, which is tied into our national security. They also do risk analysis there. So really important institution. And so Herb London, thank you for being here on the Andrea K show today. Well, pleasure to be with you, and thank you for the fulsome introduction. Oh, awesome. Um, well, you know, it's, you know, anytime anybody's out there keeping the pressure on the world and on um, governments on the threat that we face for radical Islam is, is near and dear to my heart. And you're one of the people that's talking about, there's so many things up, everybody's up in arms over on, on politics today. You're one of the people talking about the fact that we have a president of the United States and the White House. Now, they're denying that there was anything shady going on here. Um, but according to the Media Research Center, you're one of the people talking about the fact, you and Media Research Center, that the White House removed a video of French President Francois Hollande speaking at a press event on terrorism with President Obama. What's the story there? Well, President Hollande apparently made the comment that Islamic terrorism is responsible for the problems that we've been facing. As a consequence, that was muted out. Uh, the argument made by the White House was that this was a technical problem. And as a technical problem, they said we had no desire to change the language that the president of France was using. But it seems rather odd. Why are the, these two words the only words that were muted? Why is mm -hmm. it that in a very long comment, these are the only words that were taken out? It right. seems very odd. It is true that in the transcript that was provided, the words are included. But they were not included in, of course, the televised version that was provided by the White House. Right. Well, you know, I have a technical issue with liars. And, and it's like Judge Judy always says, Herb, if, it's, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. It doesn't make sense that conveniently those two words just happen to be dropped out, like a mic drop. Well, I mean, it, it defies logic. I mean, if you're going to, if there were going to be a technical problem, the technical problem would, of course, included a whole sentence. Right. Might have included two sentences. But right. just those two words, that's very odd indeed. Right. Or, so you or, have to or wonder. Of course you have to wonder. Or, or it might be the fact that, you know, um, or if it was a technical issue, it would have dropped in the middle of the word itself, not just conveniently taking out those two words. And given the fact that it follows the pattern of behavior with the Obama administration in refusing to identify, this is an administration that almost immediately, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not, you know, as, as up on things as you're... Uh, the London Center, but this is an administration that immediately coming uh, on board and taking over for for President Bush. Didn't they take out radical Islam from all of our national security documents? Well, not only is it taken out of the documents, it's even taken out of the manuals that are used in the military. And what you now find is that we have sanitized the way in which we deal with this whole question so that the words radical Islam or militant Islam or Islamic terrorism are not employed anywhere. The White House has made sure that these words would not be employed. And this is remarkable. I mean, if you can't define the problem, obviously you can't deal with the problem. Right. And that's well, one of the problems that we as a nation are now facing. Right. How well, do we I think deal with this this issue when, in fact, we can't even say what it is. Right. Well, and I think it's because for the left, I think when they when they have in, and I think it was in Napolitano's initial uh, security plan, it was they literally believe. 
that returning veterans from war were a bigger threat that that we face as a nation than radical Islam. They literally believe that Christians and Christian organizations are the biggest threat that we face. And I think Hillary Clinton recently on the campaign trail said that uh, the National Rifle Association and gun owners of America were a bigger threat than we face. And clearly we've got a president who thinks that climate change is a bigger threat to Americans than uh, than red- radical Islam. And it's and you're right. It's absolutely, absolutely insane. And to me, it's equally insane that we have still, we've got a Republican, and I don't know where you stand in terms of politics and who you support, but we've got a Republican Party that actually funded to bring refugee, refugees, even after ISIS had already stated their plan to infiltrate those refugees, the Republican Party has funded bringing them here. When we're supposed to be the party that gets who the enemy is, we're supposed to be the party about national security. Well, I can only tell you that the Republican Party has been a disappointment to me on a variety of issues. I was very pleased to see and worked very hard for a majority that the Republicans would have in the House and both the Senate. And then you get a budget bill that gives Obama everything that he wants, including another trillion dollars of national debt. Now, this is remarkable. What have the Republicans done to in any way enhance the ideological reputation of the organization? I mean, it's been a very, very significant disappointment to me. Right. And now the House evidently is putting forth a bill um, that um, I don't know all the details on it, but basically they're working to limit the number of refugees from terror plague nations to limit the number. Okay, so we're going to say that we're only going to bring 20,000 out of 20 out of, you know, 50,000. Okay, so how are they going to handpick and know which 20,000 are the non-terrorists? I mean, we've got a homeland security department that's already said there's no way to vet these people and we owe them nothing we don't owe them our nation why is even the republican party continuing down this path of insanity when 73 percent of of exit polls have stated that they agree with trump when he says we need to have a, a temporary ban on bringing muslims here from these countries well first of all i think that unless these people are vetted they should not be allowed into the united states but You've raised an interesting question, and the other side, the corollary question, you haven't raised, and that is, how many Christians have come into the United States in 2015, 2016? Do you know the answer to that question? No. These are Christians from the Middle East who've been suffering, as you undoubtedly know, a form of genocidal activity on the part of the Muslims in those areas. Mm -hmm. 32. Wow. Why aren't we allowing these Christians into the United States? Why aren't they coming in large numbers? Why aren't we saying these people are facing the prospects of genocide? Why aren't they given a sanctuary in the United States? That's an even more interesting question. Why is it that we're so interested in bringing Muslims into America, but not interested in bringing Christians into America? Right. Or even the Yazidis. Society, after all. Right. Or even the Yazidis. Yazidis. We're we're doing nothing to help them. I mean, how many of them were stuck up having to fend for themselves, completely surrounded and being slaughtered? So, yeah, I mean, it's clear to me, and I've been stating for a while that my theory is, is that um, the Marxists on the left have found a great partner with them in terms of transforming America into, you know, the complete centralized government of control that ultimately is their utopia. And I don't think that they're, they um, are antithetical to say that Sharia and Marxists, what, what do they have in common? They have a, a centralized power that has complete control over over a society. And to me, that is, that's the reason for why the left is wanting to do it. And I think that the right is just going along with it because they don't really care as long as, you know, they... It, they're hoping they're going to get some votes from these people, too. I think that we literally well, is, become uh, a one-party system. 
this is the watermelon psychology. I mean, it's green on the outside, supporting Islam, and red on the inside, supporting the, the hardcore radical view of America. And I think that you're right. There's a good deal of, uh, of laxity on the part of Republicans who have lost a sense of what the party stands for. Again, how things will unfold as a result of this convention on July 18th remains to be seen. But there is no question that we are looking at a very significant change, sea change, in American political history. Right. I love your quote here. Citizens of the West cannot escape history. As President Lincoln noted, those who deny freedom to others deserve it not for themselves and under a just God cannot uh, long retain it. Uh, You said a power keg is belit under the foundation of Western civilization and its citizens must learn to extinguish the blast and find its bombers before freedom will be lost and the civilization will be in ruins. You wrote that after the Brussels. I say, you know, on the fifth anniversary of 9-11, Professor Ahmed from American University said to me, the terrorists are in a war against Western civilization. He says, don't you people think? Don't you think at all? He said, do you think if it's a bomb, and this was after the London and and Spain bombings, he was like, you think it because it's not happening happening within your borders, that they are not literally attempting to destroy Western civilization. Last question, will the American people wake up, including the Republican Party? Because there's even Republicans that are saying, ah, oh, what's the big deal bringing 80,000 of them here? We even I'm talking about not just the Republican Party establishment leaders. I'm talking about Republican voters who act like this isn't a big deal. Well, I can only tell you that one hopes for the best, but I am very, very concerned about the direction that the country is taking. I'm very concerned about a country that I love and I no longer recognize. I'm very much concerned about a party that I used to believe in, but no longer have any confidence in. I'm very much concerned about a political history in the United States that has protected individual rights, that has lost its way. So there's an awful lot to be concerned about. One always hopes for the best, but I can only tell you that I, uh, I only see a dim future ahead of us. Well, I thank you for all the work that you're doing to keep this, you know, to keep the focus on this and and where it belongs. And, you know, it shouldn't it's hard to believe that after 9-11, that people wanting to sound the cry about the threat that we face are being marginalized as the kooks. And that's where we are. And I thank you. God bless you for the work that you do. I mean, it's uh, it's rather important. And I, I think people like you have to speak out. And certainly the role that you're playing is exceedingly important. Thank you. Herb London, president of the London Center for Policy Research. You can find out more about them at thelondoncenter.org. Thanks so much for being here, Herb. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Pleasure. All right. Thank bye-bye you. now. All right. Real quick break. We come back. I actually want, I have found some, somebody, a good friend of mine, Urban Mayores, sent me some really funny political jokes. I want to have a little laughs before we wrap up the show. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. 
I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen & Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen & Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657-333. Miramar Kitchen & you're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. <laughs> I wish we had the studio cams so everybody could see Dijon getting his groove on to a little Donna Summer. She wears hard for the money. Hey, we started the show talking about women and identity politics. So it's kind of fitting that Dijon should pick a song about women working hard for the money. Um, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of a universal premise, too, that kind of crosses gender lines. That This country was not founded on any entitlement for anybody, regardless of age or, you know, color or gender. Okay, it's about opportunity, Sandra Fluck. You're not entitled to pick my pockets to pay for your birth control or anything else for that matter. So the Republican Party, conservatism's, conservatism sells when we sell it. Let's knock off this identity politics crap and start talking about the beauty of conservative principles, pr- principles particularly economic principles. If, if women, if we're going to play the identity politics game, if women are all about kitchen table issues, uh, then talk to them about how r- removing regulations that are strangling free enterprise and and job growth and and creativity in this country. Talk about how that's going to make everybody more prosperous and going to make it easier for her to feed her kids and send her kids to, you know, the the college that they want to go to. That's the way to go about it. You know, but I, you know, and I really, I I also talked earlier about, you know, women. I'm appalled to hear that some of them aren't going to vote for him because of a tweet. You know, I got to think that at least the women that I know, that primarily I hang out with with my gal pals from my corporate sales days. And these are women that understand, that get it. They get conservatism because at the core of it is individual liberty, individual freedom. And that's personally, professionally, economically, and every way across the board. And to me, that applies. I am an, I am an American first, not a woman. Speaking of women, though, this, this story might be a little interesting to Dijon. Hey, um, there's a guy. Did you ever see a movie called um, Weird Science? Weird Science. Yeah, right. Um, I get. I think it's been so long since I saw that movie. They tried to like create a a woman. woman. They made a woman, right? Well, there's a guy who's actually done that. Although this one is a robot woman. Is it in Japan? No, it's in Hong Kong. Okay, this guy. (laughs) <laughs> Japan ain't Hong Kong, baby. Oh, I know that's, Takes yeah. a geography class. Okay. Rick, it's Asian. Okay, Asian. All right, now don't close. be stereotyping. Okay, not, that doesn't happen close, on the Andrea though. K Show. Okay. I'm giving myself like a 50% there. All right, now Ricky Ma is a 42-year-old, creepy, this is the ooh segment on the Andrea K Show, 42-year-old product and graphic designer. He has spent more than $50,000, which is a little on the cheap side in my opinion, and a year and a half creating a female robot prototype Mark I. 
Now, he says that it was modeled after a Hollywood star, but he did wanted to keep the names under wraps. Well, if you Google this, it looks just like Scarlett Johansson. Okay, I mean, it's obvious. In fact, it's really great work. I'm surprised he did it for 50 grand. Mark one. So he intends to make many more. Yeah, I guess. Um, so he's got it set with verbal commands spoken into a microphone and has moving facial expressions. But I didn't I couldn't tell what the commands were. So that's interesting. Um, he said that he was not aware of anyone else in Hong Kong building humanoid robots as a hobby and that few in the, in the city understood his ambition. Yeah, Ricky, I kind of don't understand your ambition either because kind of it's a little on the creepy side. Okay? See, he needs to move to Japan. Why? Because that's kind of Tokyo. Thing they do that. They yeah. have robots all over the place. They're right. lifelike uh, dolls for mm-hmm. the men to... Uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, this is a rated yeah. G program. Okay, keep it G. Who, if you could make one of a celebrity, who would it be? If I can make one of a celebrity, yeah. yeah. I mean, what kind of doll are we talking? What is this doll for? I it doesn't really say. So just just make one up. I see. I would love. I would absolutely love Ryan Reynolds to be bringing me my coffee every morning. There, I said it. Well, dude, like, I want to wake up every morning with a duet with Neil Patrick Harris. That would be awesome. <laughs> Okay, well, you get on it, baby. It may only cost you 50 grand. Well, I need this guy. He needs to make the Mark II now. You know what? Seriously, he could, if he's that good, I mean, think of the market he could have. Seriously. Can he get sued for using their likeness? Well, I um, I don't know. I don't know what the legality is of that. I don't, I mean, what's the difference between that and going in and saying um, to a plastic surgeon, I want Jennifer Aniston's nose or something? I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I think their likeness, that's a good question. I should have a B-Law attorney come on. I think as long as you're not using that likeness to promote your business or something like that, you know, or in, in marketing, I think you could probably make, you know, I could probably make a little doll at home. I could make a little stuffed animal doll of, of Ryan Reynolds. He needs to work with Octomom. Oct- Why? She Didn't she spend thousands of dollars trying to look like Angelina Jolie? Oh, yeah. Or did she just she, look like She kind of succeeded, though. No, because I saw the before and after. She kind of succeeded. In fact, she's actually better looking Angelina uh, until Angelina gets some weight on. All right, a cu- couple little jokes for you. Um, these were sent to me by Urban Mayaris. Thank you so much, Urban, for sending these to me because I really, we all need some laughs, okay? This first one uh, is from Jay Leno, and he says, if God wanted us to vote, he would have given us candidates. Come on, Dijon. I thought you were going to laugh at that. Um, Henry Kate the Seventh, whoever the stink that is, says the problem with political jokes is they get elected. <laughs> okay, now don't laugh unless it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is really funny. Okay, when I was a boy, I was told that anybody could become president. I'm beginning to believe it. Clarence Darrow. Um, there's another one here. Politicians are people who, when they see light at the end of the tunnel, go out and buy some more tunnel. John Quentin. Hello. Okay, that got a sincere laugh at him. Um, I offer my opponents a bargain. If they will stop telling lies about us, I will stop telling the truth about them. That's kind of an old quote. That's not funny. Um, Let's see. I have come to the conclusion, this is so true for today's climate. I have come to the conclusion that politics is too serious a matter to be left to the politicians. I think that's kind of reflects, that's Charles de Gaulle. I think that kind of reflects where a lot of Americans are at. It's like the politicians just aren't handling their biz. They're not, they're not, you know, fulfilling what they're supposed to be doing. It's too serious. And you know what the reason why is because it's not their money. 
What's going on in D.C. with the politicians and the reason why they've betrayed us and that, like the omnibus bill that's come up twice with my guest on today's show is because it's not their money. It's so easy. They're li- they've all become rich once they've been in, in D.C. for a while. I think if I remember right, one term as a House of Representatives rep or you know one term in the Senate and you're set for life in terms of lifetime retirement. And so then they get to vote on all these bills when it ain't their money. It's not their money lining their pockets and it's not their money that they're spending. Far too serious. In fact, Doug Larson said, instead of giving a politician the keys to the city, it might be better to change the locks. Will Rogers says there ought to be one day, just one, when there is open season on congressmen. Hey, I didn't say it. That was Will Rogers. Hey, tell me what you think. Tell me who, tell me on Facebook, if you could make a robot, whose likeness would it be? What would you have them do? And let's also keep this conversation rolling. Tell me what you think about the conservatives. Are they, you know, feeding the left too much with this war on women? Tell me what you think about um, anything. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. Friend me on Facebook. Go to my website, andreakshow.com. Let me know what your thoughts are there. Let's keep this conversation rolling. I will be back tomorrow night. Wisconsin primary results. Tuesday night, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Pacific time, right here on AM 1170, The Answer. Thank you, Megan Barth, and thank you, Herb London. And thank you, Dijon. I'm going to make an Andrea K. robot that has a liberal talk show. <gasps> no! <laughs> 